Hi everyone, welcome back to my Placadian universe. So today I wanted to talk about microaggressions and one of the interesting ways that they take form, which is um, this new way of people just trying to basically gaslight you into accepting their racism, just saying that everything is just a joke, even though um, there's nothing funny about it. So uh, yeah, let's talk about it. So (laughs) one of the things that um, I've always really thought and um again one of my or my oldest friend and I we often talk about you know racism um as black women you know we it just it comes up in a lot in our lives and um <laughs> we always had this debate about whether or not you know with microaggressions being so common just is it more offensive than, you know, blatant, outright, you know, in-your-face racism. And I've always been of the mind that, you know, I... I... I don't like surprises, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) That's <laughs> what I, I what it boils down to, or and I don't like liars. I don't like people that are lying to me or lying to themselves, I guess. I guess that's a little easier for me to forgive, but people trying to convince me that um that they're not, you know, doing something horrible, um and passing something off as a joke, especially something as serious as racism. So I've always been of the mind that, you know, I, like, I I don't want to say I like my racism, but I, you know, I think that it's, um, you know, straight up racism. I know what I'm getting, you know, just lean into being an awful human being and, you know, that's you, but don't try to, my problem is when, you know, someone tries to convince me that something that they're saying is, um, that's super offensive, dangerous, uh, heinous is really my problem, um, based on how I'm interpreting the awful thing that they just, um, you know, said. So, um, you know, that's what I have a problem with is just that, you know, as the old saying goes, you know, adding insult uh, to injury, just sort of, you know, saying something that's incredibly hurtful and then piling on on top of that by saying, well, now you're just being, you know, sensitive or that's not what I meant by it or, you know, um, that's uh, not, it's not okay for you to feel the way you're feeling because, um, of this awful thing that I did. So I just feel like, um, people are really falling back on that old, um, way of, you know, getting to do horrible things and then sort of blaming the victim. 
and um, I don't like it. <laughs> to summarize, I don't like it. And um, it comes from this, um, you know, there's a lot of talk about canceling someone or cancel culture and people saying, oh, it's so unfair. And, oh, you know, we're, we're just writing the person off or making just one little mistake. And um, it, it depends on the mistake. Um, sometimes, you know, you don't get to classify if something is, you know, um, especially if you're outside of the injured party, like what the, the punishment should be, um, for the offense. I think, um, if the, the punishment is, you know, someone's career getting hurt or someone just, you know, not choosing to, um, you know, go to a certain store or business or buy a product or whatever the case may be, then, you know, we as consumers, as, you know, people have that right to say, um, I will support people that I support, um, not just with their business, but um, also support their ideals because we want to support the people that we want to support. It's a very hard thing to do to um, give your hard-earned money over to someone who, um, you know, doesn't like black people <laughs> or, you know, doesn't like Asian people. You know, I wouldn't... Um, support someone who, uh, was racist. I, you know, and, and I knew that they were, um, you know, I think that's within my right. I think that they're wrong and what they're doing is wrong. And if I can, um, you know, it's not even about like making them hurt or suffer. It's just about, you know, me supporting who I want to support and I can do what I want. And, you know, the, the argument of, you know, people saying, oh, free speech and freedom. And I'm like, well, I'm also free to say what I believe is right. And also to, uh, support and, you know, who I think I want to support. And it, it never always, it never goes both ways. I think, um, it, it's always sort of weighted on the side of the wrongdoers where they try and catch you. They try and get you into, you know, um, admitting that you're showing some sort of bias. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, no, I'm comfortable, very comfortable with saying that, um, you don't have to agree with it. It's not fair. Um, I, I'm not trying to make a case. Like we have to make a case for why we're not choosing to support a racist or hateful person. I'm like, nope, I, I just don't want to, you know, just like you don't want to listen to reason or, <laughs> you know, understand like that what you're doing is wrong. Um, I don't have to like prove it. And it's always something that always irks me is just the burden being on, um, you know, me 
as a, a black woman to, you know, prove that something is a microaggression or prove that something is racist. Like, I don't have to prove it. I don't have to prove it. Like, I am the law in this case, you know, um, judge, jury, and, you know, executioner. I am deciding that it was a microaggression and we're done here. <laughs> you know, it, you, I, I, I'm not going to um, have this conversation because it's, it's essentially the only purpose of this conversation is to um, prove me wrong. And, you know, I don't need validation. I don't need like someone to have like a white stamp of approval, you know, white validation for um, my experience of racism. That's not how it works. That's not what I'm trying to achieve. And it's not something that's um, not at all necessary. So I just, um, I really, really, really think that that's something that people need to get out of their I guess out of their system of validation of saying, you know, like, oh, it needs to be validated. It needs to be validated by some random white person, frankly, is always what it boils down to, to say that, yes, this was the right course of action to, you know, um, not no longer support this person. Um, that's not where we're living. Uh, we need to accept that you know, I've said this before many times that, you know, black people are experts on anti-black racism. Just if a black person is saying that there's some racism here as a person that is outside of that group, you just need to perk up your ears and listen and learn something, take notes and write it down. And I've, you know, said it before, I am not someone who's Jewish. If someone who was Jewish was saying like, you know, oh my gosh, this is so anti-Semitic. I'd be like, what? Really? Teach me. Tell me about this so I can recognize it too. If it's not obvious to me, I would be taking notes and learning lessons. And I'd be like, oh my gosh, yes. Thank you for explaining that to me. Thank you for taking the time to explain to me. I'm so sorry that this has happened. You know what I mean? But like, I've learned something about, you know, this, you know, anti-Semitic thing, comment, whatever, so I can learn for next time. It's part of my learning. I'm not an expert in all things, you know, racism. And I, I know that some uh, people are going to be more um, in tune with it because they've been dealing with it their entire lives. And I trust that expertise. It's, um, you know, <laughs> my friend would always say, like, if you go to a a specialist or a doctor, you know, someone, you're not going to be like, oh, a doctor is a doctor is a doctor. They have a specialized specialization. And if, you know, you want to go see like, you know, a podiatrist and you're like, there's something wrong with it, like your foot, you're not going to be like, oh, I'm just going to go to the optometrist or, you know, the uh, cardiologist because it's, you know, it's all connected. It's all the same thing. I'm sure that the cardiologist will know how to do my, you know, fix my foot problem. And you're like, well, why wouldn't you, you know, 
go to someone who has years of experience in this subject at you just at some point you have to trust that the you know they're going to know better the specialist that focuses on one area is going to know better and it's you know the same thing for racism it's just that i am a specialist you know um i wish i wasn't you know, but I am a specialist in anti-black racism because I can, I can get a whiff of it, <laughs> the slightest, the slightest whiff in the air of, um, you know, anti-black racism. I'm picking it up, picking it up and I can, you know, I can suss it out and, uh, it's, it's shockingly everywhere. Um, and it, it's one of those things that, um, you know, you, you should have to trust me on it. And I think that's, um, that's part of, you know, being an ally, being anti-racist is just understanding that, um, you have to trust the experts. So another piece of this playing off everything as a joke, you know, um, it's an adjustment and people don't like change. And there's, you know, this reckoning uh, (laughs) that sort of, you know, people um, understanding that there's been change and growth in the areas of racism and understanding that, you know, words matter and you can't just say that something is a joke and it has to be taken seriously. Hate speech needs to be taken seriously and um, people just don't want to live in that world. Um if it's not convenient for them. And, you know, unfortunately, that's no longer the case. It's, um, it's progress. (laughs) It's just, it's called progress. And, um, you know, we have to pay attention to these things. And I think... that I'm thinking of uh, uh, someone was saying that they uh, again to my friend about how they just dislike the term woke and I get it you know people say it a lot it's overused etc etc you know just like any kind of slang Um, it comes and goes out of fashion but what is a red flag was that they didn't seem to like the concept of what woke means. It wasn't like just the term. It was a matter of, you know, um, you know, waking up to the realities of, you know, having to change what they were doing, having to, um, pay attention to, um, their actions and their words and it wasn't just a matter of you know being in their own little world and their own little bubble and actually having to pay attention to the fact that you know 
um, white supremacy is still playing a large part in our society, especially in our in Canadian society. Uh, Canadians really do not um, like to believe that. And so um, they want to basically go back to sleep <laughs> and sort of, you know, live in this, you know, fever dream that um, we're this wonderful utopia and racism sort of was eliminated by a stroke of a pen and doesn't, you know, harbor uh, deep, deep, deeply seated in all aspects of our country. And, um, you know, my best friend being my best friend was like, nah, nah, you need to, you need to stop all that. <laughs> And sort of was like, wake the hell up. Um, because, you know, we can't be talking. Uh, we can't be hanging out if, you know, that's the world you want to live in. Because that's not reality. That's not my world. And um, it's just, you know, people feel like they're under attack. They're under attack for um, wanting to hang on hang desperately on to um, this fallacy that this, um, you know, that nothing needs to change, that they don't need to do more. They don't need to be fighting um, for equality um, and equity for all people. You know, they don't want to recognize that they have white privilege. Oh, God, the, I, <laughs> the amount of times that... I can, um, you know, in my work, I can just see people's backs going up and, you know, you know, people coming to learn about racism and, you know, feeling good about themselves for having this, you know, talk about racism. And then, you know, the concept of white privilege comes up and, and I can see walls just going up, people shutting down, closing up because they don't want to acknowledge um, you know, the fact that white privilege exists, people get so angry, um, based on that fact. And, um, it's uncomfortable. I get it. It's uncomfortable, but it's, it's very, very real. And, um, people don't want to accept that. And I, I get it. I'm sympathetic to that, but too bad, <laughs> too bad. Can, can I say that too bad? Um, you know, it's, um, it's, it's not a joke, you know, um, it's not funny and the people who are laughing are not going to be on the right side of history and, you know, you can laugh along with them and, um, you know, be a footnote in the history books of, you know, being an ignorant and, you know, backward uh, person who, you know, didn't evolve. Or you can do the hard work and, you know, challenge yourself and get uncomfortable and realize um, just just how offensive 
jokes can be. So I wanted to end with, um, I guess, a story about me. <laughs> so I guess, um, well, I, I, it's an example, and I think um, it really highlights my point. So many years ago, um, someone was just making a joke. It wasn't actually about racism. It was just a sexist joke which I also do not tolerate. Um, and so uh, just super inappropriate. I can't even remember what it was, but it was just something about, you know, um, women being, you know, sort of, I guess, you know, stupid or like um, sort of like a, you know, was it a blonde joke? I don't know what it was, but anyways, um, this, it was highly inappropriate, sort of, you know, in the workplace and, um, you know, the exact words of the man telling the joke, it was just, you know, a couple of other people around and, you know, I was just, you know, stony faced, <laughs> um, and just, you know, not having it and I just had no reaction and I was like okay this is work do I chew this idiot out you know but you know I'm trying to be professional here um or you know what do I do so I'm sort of uh deciding what my next move is but I know why, what I'm not gonna do which is laugh and so you know he sort of looked at me and he was like oh come on you know <laughs> can't you take a joke and I was like, no, I'm like, I can't like, and also I always hated that phrasing. Can you, can't you take a joke? Like as though the burden is on me to like laugh at like your idiocy. Like imagine if comedians, you know, basically made the audience feel bad for not finding them funny and I'm like no do better do better and so I was just you know <laughs> I was just like no that's not a joke and so it was just it it thoroughly stumped him because you know the whole point of that that sentence you know can't you take a joke is to make me feel badly or, you know, um, not being, I don't know, fun or, um, easygoing or whatever the case may be. I'm supposed to be like, oh, uh, <laughs> I'm just a girl. I don't care about anything. I'm so fun and free and like me, please. And I'm like, look, I'm black. I'm a black woman. I'm used to people not liking me simply for, the color of my skin and just looking at me based on nothing about who I am, just looking at me and being like, I hate you because I'm black. I'm used to hate. And, um, I certainly am not going to lose any sleep over some like, you know, idiot, sexist moron <laughs> thinking badly of me because I didn't laugh at his inappropriate joke. Um, you know, so I just, you know, flatly was just like, no, um, I can't. And it, that is not a joke. I didn't explain myself more. I just sort of let it, you know, 
hang there and he was, you know, stumped because he's an idiot and he's not prepared to deal with a real, you know, highly intelligent human being such as myself. If I can, you know, I'm sort of dusting my shoulders and I'm like, I'm so used to um, shutting people down. So I'm like, yeah, no, not really. And so I think he mumbled something about, oh, well, you know, whatever. And so it sort of was just sort of dissolved. But I wanted to use that as an example because I think that that's really what we should all be doing um, when people are, you know, when we are out in the world, we witness microaggressions, we witness these so-called jokes, you know, I think we need to be calling it out um, because uh that guy had no idea what to do with that information. He had no idea what to do when he was challenged um, by someone saying that what you're doing isn't funny and also I'm not going to pretend that you don't believe that you don't truly believe that women are inferior to you even though you're literally, you know, not up to standards <laughs> and I think that we would find that people would have to check themselves and have to um, reflect on the power of their words that you know oh they might just be like oh that was really uncomfortable and you know I couldn't just play it off like it was some sort of innocent comment because they saw right through me they saw my true intentions and um a lot of people don't want to be called racist even though they're racist which is a very interesting phenomenon to me and um I feel like um we need to beat this back, beat back <laughs> this tide of people feeling this boldness of feeling like, you know, they can say the most hateful things in their heart um, and then just, you know, blame others for being offended by it. We need to raise our voices, our collective voices and say, shut your mouth <laughs> and you're wrong for saying it and it's not funny it's not a joke and you're wrong for saying it you're wrong for feeling it but more importantly is you know you're more but it is more important that you're you're you feel it but we're not going to indulge you we're not going to um allow you to say it and hurt others we're not going to let you hurt people with your words so I think that's where we we really need to sort of nip it in the bud and use our own words, our own voices to to shut that down. And a lot of people want to hide behind this guise of free speech um, to, you know, hurt people because they understand the power of words. And, um, you know, we're human beings. We use words. It's our, you know, we have poetry, we have books, we have language. Uh, we have podcasts, you know, we connect with words. It's a huge part of our lives. And so when people try to make it seem like words aren't powerful, don't have impact, um, can't change minds, can't change hearts, don't um, 
have meaning and you know it's not just a joke it's it's not just words they have meaning and they have power and we need to um fight with um a louder voice with a united voice with a stronger voice to shut down that hate and um I'm going to use my voice. I'm going to use my voice as much as I can. I say it all the time. I'm quiet but loud. I'm at that point where, and I, I love it, that I'm going to do whatever I can, say whatever I can, try to convince people um, and make sure that I shut down hatred and inequity and be anti-racist every single way that I can and um, it's the only way that we can fight this battle and we can't let people um, pretend that they have the right to say whatever they want whenever they want. We as a society have to regulate that. We have to um, make sure that just like people can't go through the streets, you know, physically hurting people, people can't use their words to hurt and uh, demean people anymore the freedom of everyone is based on that. And we cannot have this fear of this fear of having restrictions on, you know, people's speech and this sort of um, idea that, you know, there's too many burdens on, uh, on people to, to stop us from doing what's right. And it's right to tell people that they're not allowed to have hateful speech against anybody simply for who they are. And that's what makes us human. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll talk to you next time.